Okay. Back because whew, you just have to always keep your family in prayer. That's all I can say because we never know how long we are here for. And as we don't know how long we're here for, another reason why I created this podcast because I understand. I mean, there's just not a lot of people that have the same opportunity as I have in volunteering as a classroom parent, as a school site council person, as a chair of the advisory committee for Title kind of One and Consolidated Money. I mean, on the money. I mean, I signed the CONAP for the state of California for Sacramento City Unified School District. And so we got the training as to how they utilize the funds. But the conversations in regards to the money and how the money is used. And, you know, I don't know if they appoint people here to be on the SOT teams or are is, are they run by a, the election policy? Because in California, there are elections, there are local school elections, and that's part of the whole board running thing. That's part of how the community really is involved by school site people elect their chairs, and then those people participate at the district level. But I don't see how any participation is is fluent here. They don't, I mean, I think participation goes from top down here. They just appoint people, and then those people just represent, and it just don't make no difference. Uh, I mean, because it doesn't matter. It's not all, It's not all based on growth and development. No, it's based on opportunity. Some people have opportunity, and some people don't. And if you don't, then you, it's something that, you know, people don't even have hope anymore. And it was really hopeless. The last four years, I just, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing on January 6th. As I'm a citizen, and I, and I personally have not been able to meet with certain community people, members, and when you see them in passing, you might share a few of your concerns. And when you talk, oh, yes, yes, they've read my, they've read my concerns. They've read them. But one thing they've never done is shared a response with me. And so, you know, I don't care. Yeah, I've emailed, I don't care, tons of people in every office that I can think of in regards to the data here and where is the data and how do boards operate without the maintenance of effort for the use of the federal dollars? And how is it those federal dollars and the and the benefit of the services under workforce investment or the transition or special education, all of that money from the federal government that goes to provide all of those wonderful services, but somehow they don't impact the children that are generating the funds. And that's just something that's not happening. And when you try to figure out, well, what what could be the problem? And then you understand if you are African-American, just where you still live, on the plantation where there are house niggas and there are field niggas and the house niggas just they're they're taxpayers now they work and they're doing their thing they're taking care of their families and they're doing all of it and their kids are engaged and they're participating as human beings and then there's the field negroes (laughs) where those are the ones that went to school and didn't understand that education was going to carry them through their lives. So they really didn't benefit. 
and somehow their dropout rates are just atrocious, but it really doesn't matter because we're not dealing with those issues. And when they have, when they have 15,000 homeless youth that would live on the streets in Nevada at any given day during the pandemic. Well, and then we have all those casinos and we have all of those places that are empty right now because of COVID. And we still have homeless youth and we, or we're, we're operating a courtyard where we're dropping the fish in every day. And we're, you know, this is our job to manage this herd of people. You know, we're just managing dysfunction, right? We don't want anybody to leave. We just want to keep on keeping ourselves relevant. Okay. I get it. I'm so happy I'm not out there having to need that fish. Ooh, I'm so happy it's not me. And I'm happy that I've taught my children to be self-sufficient. I'm happy about that also. And I'm blessed to have my mother in my life at 62, as she is 83. And life is just, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful, it's a wonderful thing. I mean, you have the opportunity to do what it is that you feel that your journey is leading you to. And you could just do it. But to hear things come out of black professionals' mouths as if it's the fault of the system in which we live under that is not benefiting us. The fault is certainly ours. As every immigrant comes to America, understands that organizing around the issues and the needs of their people and doing self-advocacy, seems it just seems to work. Just like the Hmong people in Sacramento and how they have the first Hmong ever elected to a city council, but they also had the first Hmong ever elected to a school board. But she's a teacher and she is awesome. And she cares as a, an American first generation, I believe. And it really doesn't matter because all Americans come some kind of way, except for black Americans came in the most unique way that we have been the burden and the we have been the harvest and it is time for us to reap our own harvest thank god for covid woke people up now they understand that perhaps they sh- should have been paying a greater attention to the maintenance of effort for their children and now we have a choice we have a choice not to stay where we're not benefiting. That's the choice. The reality is, though, you can't be afraid. You have to be responsible to do the investigative analysis that would determine the benefit for your child and for you and your family and truly understand that, you know, reparations are probably due simply because... Where is the foundation for public education in a city, state, or county that you understand that's happening and that you can count on that that it's working because it's broken here? 
And I can say it's broken because far too many black people don't have the same access as others. But once you start making choices that would affect you in a wrong kind of way, okay. But we've already done ourselves this disjustice as we have people like Lauren Hill that is an entertainer and she sings. She's not a politician, but she had to pay $2.3 million in taxes and the black politicians just didn't say a word. And neither did the black community. We try to speak out on the murder mayhem, but we have to consistently witness murders of black people, even black women and children and unable as citizens in America to have a conversation about the murder uh, and how the system is so oppressive and how black people are forced to continue to comply. And the word is if they had just not failed to comply or if they had just known the law, perhaps they would still be living. What an atrocious thought, right? it's, it's horrifying to think that you could have a disability and be in a situation where you could lose your life because you didn't understand the command. Come on now, who are we as Americans? I thought we were going to build back better, but you cannot build over this function. And the baselines of all children need to be identified. And that's just not something that's going to be glossed over with your teacher shortage. No, not here in Nevada. Not the way they hire teachers. They put so many sticks in each box. And it doesn't matter. Every school gets a number of sticks in the box. And the sticks represent the teachers. And then the children, well, all of those sticks get the same amount of funding. And then they can take that funding wherever they want to go. And then when it comes to the maintenance of effort, well, that's just, we don't have that kind of data. No, because some of those sticks that were in those programs couldn't stay because they couldn't, they, they couldn't function over there. I mean, they, they had behavior issues. And so we got places for them and they just put them in different kind of boxes and they don't have any help. I mean, I don't know what that looks like. I mean, when children cannot read and comprehend and process, and then they're told that they don't have enough time and so they wouldn't begin their regular high school diploma, but they could apply for this temporary diploma. It's not even a temporary diploma. It's just a certificate. But you know, the great thing that Obama did, he did say that if you didn't graduate at high school level, that you have a right to a vocational training program. And the states were supposed to be implementing that. But what happened? (laughs) It's in ESSA. It's in the law. But for whatever reason, these people think that you should have to go to court and sue just to have access. And they don't have to do it because you didn't sue them. Are you serious? Somebody help me with that thinking. It's not a lawsuit. But it is an open mind about who you will let work with your children 
and who will not be able to work with your children. And people who cannot hold themselves accountable for the work that they should be doing are the ones that you don't need to let work with your children because if anybody taught you anything, 45 taught you, you have choice. So understand it. But choice means you have work to do. And there's so much work to do. And we, I don't care what color you are. As an American, I would think that we would hope all third graders by the third grade could read at third grade level. And that we didn't have children making it to the 12th grade that couldn't read at third grade level. Because their behavior has impeded them consistently because they've never been on tasks. But what I would like to know is they just keep on showing up. What are you teaching? What is a great level expectancy? What does that look like? And how are you measuring that maintenance? I mean, where is the accountability? Because I just don't see none. I mean, I was amazed when they gave that money to that charter school because it was a private school and they 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 said that they were helping two one two african-american children or two children in poverty and that was a summer program and that was a lot of money but you know money is just dished out here to the i mean there's a alternative school with 40 children an alternative high school with 40 children But I'd like to see the maintenance of effort of some of these alternative programs that are providing these types of services that should be transitional to lifetime sustainable opportunities. But when you have juvenile hall that's full of of people who look like me, I'm sorry. Somebody need to help me with that. So this is my conversation strictly. I'm going to upload it. But we have to think about it because... For some reason, Mitch McConnell wants to say, can we just let go of, can we just let go of January 6th? And I say no, because he let go of the Black Lives Matter movement. He didn't want to talk about it. He can't talk about George Floyd and he can't talk about the eight minutes and however many seconds that someone who was providing public services was providing to George Floyd can't talk about that. And he could not talk about the seven shots in the back of the young man who was shot seven times in his back and became paralyzed. And his children witnessed that. But we have a Senate that could not talk about that. And a president that would not mention it. And I don't care. We pay taxes. And when Lauren Hill and people like Lauren Hill pay $2.3 million in taxes, and I live in a city where black people would entertain on the strip and pay federal taxes. Well, when I ask the community how we feel about the murder and public mayhem, we're still having public executions like hangings, black bodies swinging from sycamore trees, right? How does that ever leave your mind? None of those things that happened during slave days that I was forced to witness in high school. Uh Uh-uh, none of those things are acceptable. So until I come back, I'm gonna take a break.
Good afternoon, Sunday evening, January 24th, 2021. And this is Darlene Anderson coming back to you with another moment in time after listening to, you know, another podcast from Dr. Umar Johnson and other educators talking about African-American children. Also, I listened today to classroom support and classroom management strategies. And you really just need to understand what that really looks like for your children in public education as so many African-American children or so many African-American parents just don't have the opportunity to participate. I've known families and I've worked as a, um, I had an opportunity to participate as a VISTA with Rural California Housing Corporation or Mercy Housing, the Sisters of Mercy. And I served my two years and earned my educational award in which someone in Sacramento at Elk Grove, Elk Grove School District allowed BTTI to steal my education award because I enrolled in a program that only lasted two and a half months, but I paid $11,000. And I, I, you know, it's not that I was so rich and I could pay that. No, it's because when I enrolled in the program initially, that person took a loan out on me for $11,000. And when I was only able to complete, uh, I think maybe one month of the course, simply because what happened was Christmas happened and I didn't have childcare and I was in a program that was just going too fast. I mean, it was asinine that he enrolled me in a graduate program that I didn't qualify for. And so after understanding how I got played and that I had no uh, opportunity to self-advocate as, you know, that's a battle that I didn't win. I have to admit that I haven't won that yet. But fraud, I believe that fraud is culpable. And there is no time that runs out when someone has committed fraud against a person. So I still have opportunity in my lifetime to fight that battle. Irregardless, but I, you know, because I understand that there's always opportunities to manipulate or flip or have the ability to, you know, not live up to, you know, the concept of freedom for all. And in America, they've struggled with that for so long as if the educational system is completely broken. And I'm here to say that it's not. The deal is, is that who works with your children really matters. And it matters that if you were educated through the education process, and if it looks like it's working to you, or it looks like it's not working to you, and what do you do? As public education, there is no one size fits all. All children are different. And a lot of time goes into classroom management. And the curriculum is supposed to guide the knowledge. Well, if you have someone who doesn't want to work with your children, don't expect your child to benefit. And if you have someone, I mean, you know, education is so personal. It's all the way down to personal relationships. And then you could have people who just who just have a problem with your child. And no matter when your child shows up, no matter what your child looks like, that child has a problem. I've seen teachers send children out of the class daily, but these things did not happen to my children as I was there consistently. 
as I watch sadly as other children spend the whole semester in the office of particular children's, you know, teachers. Because, you know, in the middle school, they transition from teacher to teacher. But in early school, they don't do that. They have one teacher. But I've seen, um, I've seen it where one teacher would teach English and the other teacher would teach math and science. It will all be different and, and in a grade school. I mean, the K-8, you know, the K-6. But it makes a difference if we have K-8s and K-6s and K-12s. And it makes a difference that more people have an opportunity to engage in the process. And the one thing that I will agree with those uh, Black professionals that we're talking is that Black people have awakened and can now realize that perhaps their children were being denied access. And the real deal is, is that the denial of access comes with the denial of the inability to work within our own communities with with our children as we know who they are. And the failure of the federal government to oversee the maintenance of support provided to children in poverty, as we will just put it like that. Because... The federal government, don't. I mean, they have an obligation. And I, as an individual, can if I can see fraud, why is it that the state cannot be held accountable? I mean, I don't have to go to court to provide evidence that Nevada is denying access to educational support to children who are, you know, failing, basically, who are not at grade level. And, you know, all these excuses. And I want to say something about the document that was recently uploaded and provided to the public from uh, the superintendent, Jara, about the teacher shortage. And the problem with teacher shortage here is teachers have choice. And the schools that are lacking the support are are the schools where children are in great need. And the schools are in program improvement. And he's saying that, you know, it's the issue is that these, um, they just can't get teachers to stay. No, it's because I heard on the news and if, if you were living in Clark County that, you know, they were giving the principals the opportunity to hire temporary teachers. And I'll tell you, there is a difference in a school site that has temporary teacher and a permanent teacher. It has to do with the structure of services and, and, you know, and the planning process and the maintenance of effort. But if you have a bunch of temporary teachers with a bunch of children who are failing, well, they're just there. And this is just, what is this? Um, Like pre-jail, because a lot of the kids are not getting what they need. And temporary teacher is just a temporary teacher. And they're just there to basically babysit. And who is responsible to ensure the maintenance of effort is happening with the utilization of the dollars that are being spent by the people who are working there? I mean, mm. see, our problem as a community is the inability to share information. That's why I created this podcast, because people just wouldn't believe the opportunities I've had in my lifetime and the conversations that I've had. And the reality is that This is not a one-size-fits-all nation. No, it's not, because we have GT kids that's gifted and talented. We have children with special needs. We have children 
who would be communication handicapped. We have children that are deaf and hard of hearing. I mean, it doesn't really matter how your child comes. In America, every child is entitled to a free and appropriate public education according to the understanding what would be free and appropriate with the parent. And here, you know, I was looking for the procedural safeguards because what, what is she talking about? Procedural safeguards. Well, that comes with the IDEA 2004. You know, Hillary, Hillary Clinton uh, renewed uh, services and went in there. And then if you go to the Department of Education's website, you are able to see where Congress has made changes in the law, but the law still is the same. There's nothing that changed about public education in any year that would restrict access to, to, to families who are benefiting from public education. As the offer of a FAPE would be a free and appropriate public education, let me say that again, and what would be appropriate? It would be your understanding of the needs of your child. And how is that measured? Especially here in Nevada. Because they're saying that if you disagree. Now this is a joke. This is not free and appropriate, okay? There's nothing appropriate about this. It's like they have total control over the services that are provided to your child. Regardless if they're benefiting the child or not. So this is how it goes. If your child is failing and, and you disagree with the assessment that was done with from the district, by law, you have a right to have an outside evaluation. But they're saying that you must go through some kind of mediation process to determine if, and, if, if you need it or not. But if, if they're forced to pay for it, that somehow you could be billed for the service or billed for the... I'm not, I was just trying to understand what they were really talking about because here in Nevada it seems to me that public education is a privilege and not all children are entitled to the academic support and structure that would guarantee them the opportunity to be self-sustaining and be able to be self-reliant and self-dependent And all of these things are so necessary for independence. And then we can look around and understand that so many adults don't have those skills. Well, what happened to their opportunity? Oh, they pissed it off, right? They did it. (laughs) They did it. But what what happens when the system doesn't sustain the, you know, when the system just doesn't sustain the local whatever local people the community it's failing the community and i talk with several people and they tell me about conversations that has happened here in las vegas but the real deal is no one can tell me how they utilize the support that is being generated at the site level that demonstrates the maintenance of effort for the federal dollars that would demonstrate how children are learning and and demonstrate that the conversation is 
happening in regards to the use of funding and the benefit of the community. But when they deny the community to engage in conversations in regards to what would be relative in a supportive environment or a failing environment and what supports are actually there, I mean, there's no demonstration of maintenance of effort anywhere. And then when the NAACP, a national organization, would choose to recognize only seven children that made the university standards and have and hosted dinner and all and do a wonderful celebration. Now I'm not trying to put down those seven children that made it, but I'd like to know about the number of children who didn't make it and what's happening for the workforce investment and why is it there is an 80% incarceration rate at the juvenile facility and unknowing the amount of African-Americans who are actually going to the penitentiary and where the penitentiary here is and how many blacks are in there. And as they were just gleefully collecting tickets and parking tickets, you know, in cars and and impounding um, personal property because the inability to pay taxes and and fines and you know we don't live in a good America there's nothing good about any of this because America has just started to drift and pimp and strip our local communities denying access and the foundational support to our community on a wide scale and it became us against them and people who knew how to get it and people who didn't know how to access anything and the people who didn't know how to access anything got nothing except for people keep on asking them to come over and get this free thing that they're giving because at least they have it and they're trying to share it with you but it's not a sharing it's not the kind of thing that goes on I mean the real thing is that if you take the money you need to be obligated to demonstrate the benefit of the utilization of funds. And if you hire people with Title I dollars that are supposed to be supporting the children at risk of failure, and then all of the laws that would demonstrate that you are providing services would demonstrate that access and public education is free for all, and then there is no data statewide in regards to how services are being provided in those locations that children are being basically steered to without a real opportunity to transition to independence is what I'm saying. Because the conversation should be happening with the chambers of commerce here about the maintenance and how, what, where we're going as a nation or a community and how we're going to help ensure that the support is happening and the accountability for the public services instead of just trying to pretend that we can put it all on the stock market and in prison industries. America's not nice. People don't have to have the skills. People don't have to be educated. I mean, you know, and people are getting away with theft. And that should never be that that we've allowed the resources of the federal government to be manipulated in our communities and cause this friction between us against them in regards to who gets the benefit of the dollars. And in the black community to appoint people and put them in positions to deny access to others in regards to the personal freedoms of freedom of expression and freedom of speech and freedom of religion and all those freedoms the right to learn and the right to understand that 
if you take tax dollars, that you're utilizing them in a manner that would benefit all people. And so, you know, and that's not something that's happening. Nope, nope, and no. And so, you know, I can't wrap my brain around the educational system and the lack of structure and the ability to always use California when it's convenient and then not do the work on your own. I just would like to know, where's the foundation? Where's the the regulations? Where's the codes? How are they actually demonstrating that if they they put so money over here in the program and school and the schools that are that are needing improvement and where's the where's the data that would demonstrate that the benefit or the utilization of those funds is benefiting the community because I don't see it you know uh, every child can learn just as every you know a lot of the focus was on all of the behaviors and if you listen to some of my posts on Facebook. I posted some videos that were posted by trainers that were talking about how to effectively manage your classroom on a Zoom or on a call, on a distance learning or whatever that looks like. But, you know, there's always been Google Classroom. And um, my son graduated with the ability to utilize Google Classroom and turn on this, turn his assignments in and everything was Google there because he was at science and engineering. Well, I just can't even tell you the, you know, the scopes and the designs of school here, but I do know there's a victory school and a Zoom, and those are mostly language-based schools, and the Title I regulations are really implemented over there because they're dealing with, you know, a lot of engaged Latinas, Mexican children and and because there's a high population of Hispanic and Mexican and different cultures here because this is a city of entertainment and in regards to African Americans having jobs in certain places where we have a lot of black entertainers coming through of course I'm sure they recognize that there are blacks that are employed and just as I said there are blacks that are employed all through and actually hold positions of power. And just like Mr. Thompson, who passed, had a program, SOS, and it was like a program for support for um, children with behavioral support, I guess. But the partnership was crooked. I mean, the partnership lacked an MOU, as the harbor programs lacked an MOU with Clark County School District, because under the law, it is the Clark County School District that would be partnering and providing educational support to the children in juvenile hall. So if they're putting them in this pre-program that's supposed to keep them from getting in the juvenile hall, I don't see the academic support and I don't see the trade value, the trade skills or any other things. I don't see the maintenance of effort coming out of those those programs. But I know that one thing, when you go down the list of people who are being paid out of Title I, it's never ending here. But when it talks about the services for African-American children, it's zero. So when you go to download the current report of the teacher shortage, please type in the word black in the right corner 
and see how many times it comes up. It comes up on one page, but they do not deal with the the inability to engage with the black families here. There's nothing that's written that they're going to target that they plan on changing. They just plan on doing more of whatever the hell they've been doing, and that's nothing. So, where is the oversight and the understanding that access to at-risk children demonstrates a maintenance of effort. And when you take those federal dollars, well, those children that you're gathering those dollars on the backs of are not benefited. And so I don't care how many community partners, because, you know, that's what I was written. That's what they told me. (laughs) This is a joke. We the people. And we the people, when I asked about the alternative programs, they say they partner with a community. Okay, that's fine and dandy. But for the academic content standards, and people want to say Obama didn't do anything. Oh, he did wonderful things. I'm I'm coming to you today. And, And just because Barack Obama was in office and he enabled a lot of things that stopped people from, you know, top down squeezing people's necks. You know what I'm saying? Controlling the flow and but I'm sorry if you don't understand a lot of times you know it's just more of a hardship for you simply because they can turn off your computer at the BIOS I mean you don't really own anything and everything is saved in the sky so don't pretend you can walk around and they don't track you because tracking is what they do and more than tracking they've been behavior managed monitoring and putting people in categories and applying policies on them. So I was aware that when I went to the NAACP meeting, in which it was the last meeting that Mr. Thompson had attended and came because there were some issues in the community in, in race baiting with community groups and uh, that were trumpeteers and driving around with the, you know, there was a lot of that here in Las Vegas. And there was a lot of chaos at some of the schools prior to COVID. And there were some things that were posted on the internet that were demonstrating that certain children were targeted by certain children. Yeah, and still when they determined what they would do, a conversation was held in a public forum in which perhaps the attorney general made a mention that it was, they had had to think about placement of those children and and they made a determination to put ankle monitor on those children because the juvenile halls here were 80% black. Well, I was happy to get that on my tape, but only distraught to come home and find out that my new Apple iPhone had committed an illegal act when I went to a public meeting. And it had a yellow caution sign and God, I couldn't find the video anywhere. It was just gone. So that's why they started cre- creating a lot of these streaming channels and, and programs that you stream directly to so that they can't alter the video before you get home. You know, because just because you record it doesn't mean that you got it. Because even at home, they can come and access your computer and put files there. And they can also take files out. And, and they can shut it. I mean, you don't just... I mean, we're just talking about... You know, human capital. Behavioral... Oversight Network Management. And well, I'm going to have to pause my recording for a moment. 